0: Man, welcome. We're so glad you're here this morning. And uh, we are starting a new series, Family Matters. Um, And the idea of God's design, what is a God's design for the family? What does that look like? We got a few comments and messages online like, can you talk about this or that? So I'm going to do my best to incorporate that over the next couple of weeks. But the Bible does kind of make pretty clear what God wants in a family, what his setup is, what he wants it to be. It's there. It's not it's not hidden. Um and I just want to start with just so you know and this is this is my precursor to not being offended. If you are single, if you are divorced, if you are divorced and single, if you have if you've been hurt, if you had a bad father, bad, it said fill in the blank, if you, this series is, hey, let's close those doors because those kids are having a great time, okay? Um, that's kind of standard. We're not supposed to do that every week. Uh, if you're any of those, I don't want you to be discouraged by anything in the series. I want you to be encouraged and know what to believe God for, call on God for, and lean into God for, no matter where you've been, what you've been through. Man, God, God can not just resurrect it and make it better than it was. He really can, and he does. And I've watched it over and over. So as you lean into that and pray into that, you're going to see that. So if you're like, oh, that bothers me, that offends me, put it on the shelf. Ask the Holy Spirit, speak to me about it. And then work through it, okay? Because it's, it's just these days, we're all just, I'm one of them. We're all so easily offended. He's talking about me. This was planned months ago, so I don't know where your family's at. Um, but but hopefully this gives you hope and joy. One of the things that doesn't give me hope and joy is family pictures. So, and every man in here. Am I, am I alone? Right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, brave enough to say it. Lord bless you. Right. There's a few men. Like there are some families. Like the Novaks. They just take perfect pictures every other weekend. They go out. They take pictures. I think they must have a photographer on retainer, and and but but then like families like my so we had three boys before we had girls. There's not too many men who are like take pictures of me. There's a few, and if you're here, God bless you. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Um, I'm not one of them. I'm I. Uh, but I I've learned over the years like I try and have a good attitude, but I'm still a man, and my kids, my boys are. still... They're still boys, right? Family pictures are rough. Matter of fact, here's a, here's a few I found that I thought were pretty awesome. This is a couple of fails. This one didn't work out. Yep. That would be me. Yeah. There we go. I, I kind of like this one. <laughs> Cling to me and my denim. Also, <laughs> it's good. See, now that, that, that's case in point. That's what a boy would do, right? <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah, that's good. I like this one. That's that's special. That was taken six months ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's a good one. That's, that's a horror movie. Um, <laughs> and then, I, is there one more? I think there's one more. There we go. That's the best one. And that is reality. There it is. That's what it really is. You know, we're like... We're just, we're just the biggest, happiest family. Saw a movie once where they were like in the 1800s and, and uh, they were joking about like smiling in a picture is like a crazy person because back in the 1800s they were all serious, you know, in every picture. Well, the truth is like families are hilarious and awesome and it can also be filled with pain, right? It's all of that. And that's what family is. Matter of fact, the church represents God's family. And we're going to kind of weave that in as we go. This is God's family. Okay, so w- the Bible over and over talks about we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what this is. Um, this is a family, okay, but your family is even more important, right? Without your family, we don't have a family. God designed the family. And it's awesome. And we don't have to go very far in the Bible before you find out about this. In Genesis chapter 1. So if you have a Bible and you have like it in paper, you'll turn a few pages and you're going to be there. God starts out really quick. Before God does anything, he establishes the universe and then he establishes the family. It's the first two things he did. So it's kind of a big deal. It's not small. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They'll reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female he created them, and then God blessed them and said, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground." So, if you're not a Christ follower, that's all right. We're so glad you're here, but we believe the Bible is God's word. So, some of you were like, "Well, you you believe the earth is only a few thousand years old and this and that and Genesis?" What we would say is, we believe the Bible. We believe it to be God's word, and we believe uh, it to be unpacked pretty easily, and it also is the most successful plan for living on the planet. And when people live to the biblical ideals, not everybody who claimed to be Christian lived to biblical ideals, but once they do, societies and cultures thrive. They do well. Well, that starts at this first mandate as a family. So he breaks down just like four things. And we're going to unpack more of this over the next couple of weeks. But the first thing he says is you are made or they are made in our image. There's a Greek term for this, a Latin term called the imago dei. It means you and I basically like we all have, put up your thumb for just one second. We all have, we all have what's on our thumb. Fingerprints, right? We all have fingerprints, right? It's how, it, and they're unique to each individual. It's, it's how we can solve crimes. It's how we can uh, know things are uniquely ours with a fingerprint. No fingerprint is the same as the other. Well, there's the fingerprint in that phrase, the image of God. The DNA, the Imago Dei, is imprinted on human beings like none of the rest of creation. It's why... We're sad when a deer dies, but when a person dies, we grieve. Do you see the difference? We somehow inherently know this has more value than that. All life has value. Human life has the highest value. How do we just know that? The DNA of God, the image of God is imprinted upon us. But beyond that, the image of God is imprinted on family, Family is so vital to God the family, because the family is so sacred to God because it represents God. Okay, so if you don't know, we believe in a thing called the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a basic tenet of the faith. It's unpacked even right here in Genesis, right? God says they are made in our image. No, it doesn't say my. It doesn't say one. Our image. Why? Because it talks about the Trinity throughout the, and we didn't figure it out for a long time, that there's a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. It says the Spirit hover over the waters. Right? Well, how is that possible? God doesn't, some, there's some sects of religion that believe in a thing called modalism, that God is in three modes. And basically, they believe in Jesus. Jesus as a Father, Jesus as a Son, and Jesus as the Spirit. We do not believe that. We believe in the Trinity. And that is God's word. And it's very simple. It's very clear. But it's, it's right there that God in and of himself is a family. A perfect family in perfect unity, always moving together perfectly. Guys, last year, anybody go to the men's retreat last year? Yeah. yeah. We're having it again this year, January 27th and 28th. Papa Grogan is coming back. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, but, but he was over at our house that night before Sunday morning. And, uh, I just asked him on a window, like, Hey, you want to come over? So uh, we have five kids. If you don't know, um, f- f- we're down to four cause one's at college now, but, but, uh, we, he was home at that time and we called Papa G and his friend who came down and we said, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner? You want to come over? And he's like, well, yeah, we'll come over. Sure. And I'm like, great. Um, we're, we're going to, I got some steaks and we're going to throw them out. Come on over. And uh, he came over and I got home and we had like an hour, an hour to get the house clean, make steaks, et cetera. And, and they were like in awe because he watched our family just like, bam, boom, bam, hand off this, hand off that. They were like, well, I've never seen anything like that before. It was better than a union shop. It just looked amazing, Right. Some of you are like, union shops are terrible. Um, <laughs> and, and, but, but we learned a long time ago. There's times where Angela and, uh, and I will say to the kids, hey, we got to go. We'll be back in a little bit. And our older kids know, okay, we're in charge. And it's not because we take advantage. No, that's what it is to be in a big family. We take up for one another. We walk with one another. This is the deal. This is family. This is sacred to God. And we're going to walk it out. This comes first, and we're going to do it well right it's it's god's image of that perfect unity you if you have a desire from god for a family that's his dna upon you that's a beautiful wonderful thing and it's from him it's not your own desires it's a desire it's not just a desire from god it's a reflection of god that's who he is he is a perfect family in and of himself does god need us no, God's doing okay. He doesn't need us. And yet he wants us, right? Before you had kids, if you like, well, we didn't have a good marriage before we have kids, you probably don't have a good marriage now, but that's a different conversation. Right? Kids bring something to the marriage, but you want a healthy marriage before you have kids, right? Well, God was perfect without kids before us. A perfect family in and of Himself. And our family is a reflection of who God is. People should look at your family and think about God. Because it moves in that much unity and harmony and joy. It doesn't mean perfection. You'll find out, you've already found out. No family, not only is no family perfect, every family's got their junk, right? Every family has that one closet, like, please don't open that door. You know what I'm talking about, right? Just lots of duct tape, broken bulbs, photo albums you never look at, but you can't throw away, right? You know what I'm talking about. Family pictures you don't want to see. That was my great-aunt Helga. I hate her, but I can't throw it out. That was hers. That was her turkey vase. And it's special. It's special but I hate her, (laughs) right? That's what we do, and that's we all have that stuff in our lives. Every family has that, but it is meant to be a reflection of God, and it has an order. It has a design. What we tend to do is we idolize or demonize. Now, mostly in America, especially in suburbia where we are, we idolize family to a fault. We elevate our kids above ourselves. We elevate... Uh, we elevate our like, we we just want to be the ideal. We'll we'll say we have the perfect marriage, you know. We have the perfect kids. Oh, they don't do anything wrong. I, we were watching the other night as we were putting up Christmas decorations. Yes, I said it, and it was my idea. Moving on. I'm not unpacking that today. If you'll be stick around, you'll figure it out. But 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 as we're putting it up, we're watching uh, Fred Claus. How many here have seen Fred Claus? Remember, anybody remember that movie? Vince Vaughn, Paul Giamatti. It's actually a really good cast, and 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 it's underrated. I like it. But anyway, but anyway, there's this moment where they're like, you know, and Santa has this revelation that there are no bad kids, just kids misunderstood, etc. And I'm like, like that's not true, not at all. There are bad kids. Kids make bad choices. Kids need to be corrected. And every but every kid does need to be loved. Now, what we don't do is we don't cast them aside and say, I won't give you gifts, right? <laughs> like we don't do that either, right? There's a balance to that. But we create this ideal, this idolization of our kids that they can do no wrong. And we have to fulfill all of their dreams. Oh, you want to be in seven sports? You got it, honey, because you're perfect and nothing you do is wrong. Man, that's awful. And you're just waiting to burn out. Matter of fact, what we do, so many people want to be the ideal family that they don't understand the family is the ideal. Who you are already is God's design. Comparing yourself to other families and how to get there and be more like them or better than them, that's the lie. You're not supposed to be them. You are already a reflection of who God wants you to be, and walk that out. No family. I, I met families, man. Their kids are in travel this, travel that, and I watch and they walk up and they're like, "This is little Ronnie. He's in travel baseball, and travel soccer, and travel hockey, travel badminton, um, travel handball." And I'm like, "Wow, how how, how tall do you think he's going to be? Like four foot two? You know, and they just believe like oh, we're just preparing us for his future, and, you know it's great. sports are great, they help shape character, discipline, teamwork, they're awesome within reason, but you know what, they have no boundaries anymore, and you can decide to put your kids first and say, "I'm putting my family first. no, you're not, you're putting your kids first, your kids are only part of your family. You are now idolizing. Instead of being God's ideal. Do you see what I mean? We've made a rule in our family. Outside of church stuff, our kids are only ever in one thing at a time. Now, that doesn't mean like we have, they can be in piano lessons and a sport. Yeah. But you know what they're not in? Three sports at the same time. Why? Because I don't want to teach them the world is about them or the world is about sports or the world is about anything but God and people. That's what life is about. God and people. That's it. Because you're like, well, he's got the potential to be a pro baseball player. Great. And at 40, who's he going to be when he can no longer play that game? You're nothing anymore. Well, maybe I'll comment. Uh Uh-huh. Great. You'll comment on somebody else's identity. And now your identity is wrapped up in somebody. Do you see what I mean? It just, it's a mess. Well, I just want them to get into a good college. Great. So they can tell them a whole bunch of stuff that probably isn't all that true anymore, rack up a whole bunch of debt, and, and just decimate who they are, and confuse them. And You know everything you were taught for the last 17 years? We're going to throw all that out the window, question everything, and tell, them, tell you it's all your parents' fault. Great. Let's, where do I sign up? Six figures. Come on. I want to send them. Like, uh, we're pro-college. I have a kid in Bible college right now. I have another plan on going to college this fall. But we've designed and poured into them that, like, you're going to go to a place that's going to pour into you, not suck the life out of you. Because we want them to understand, to live the ideal, that God, family, people, that's it. Everything else is good. Good. Business is good. Making money. Some of you have a gift to make money. Great. Let's pull a tithe screen back up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, We're going to talk about it at the end. Um, But some of you do. Some of you are blessed. Like, you are good with money. Awesome. Just know that that's not what it's about. If you are blessed with money, be blessed to be a blessing. Give away more than you can keep. That being said, take care of your own first. Yeah, take care of yours first. The Bible says in the New Testament, a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Like, you're not in good shape. So, do we want you to feed your family, clothe them, give them a place to live? 100%. Totally. God's ideal is family. But God's ideal is not one person in the family. And whenever it gets out of balance, it begins to break apart right, if we make the family all about dad, well, it's all about dad and his work and when he comes home and making all his money, and we just, when it was, it was like that when we were kids, right, dad is coming home, I love that, I think Sebastian Maniscalco had that whole bit, right, dad's home, everybody shut up and go away, your father's home, he loves you, but he'll kill you if he sees you, go away, it's okay, it's just his way, right, So anybody past, like, 35 is like, I understand that. Everybody else is like, no, my dad gave me participation trophies for cuddling with him at 2 a.m. Like, good for you, but some of us grew up with fathers who were like, be a man, right? And, 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 And that was good, you know, to a point, but it was also unhealthy. When it's all about one person out of bounds, when it's all about mom, many families are that way. The mom calls all the shots. She says everything. What you have is some kind of emasculated dad behind her,-huh. Oh, okay, and you know what you also have? The woman is stressed out, angry and hates everything. And everybody on outside is like, "She's the perfect mom. She's just amazing." And the kids are confused because they're like, "Who do I listen to?" And when the kids are in the house, those families, I love you, they're the worst. (laughs) They're the worst ideal. That's the most out of balance, right? You ever met those parents? who are like, oh, you know, kids are going to drink anyway, so we just let them do it here. (laughs) You know what? Kids might murder anyway. Why don't we just let them do it here? (laughs) Like, what? This makes no sense. And somewhere on that, pro- I mean, their parents uh, don't point, but but anybody seeing that family, okay? Anybody seeing like they just let their kids do whatever, and they think they're great parents. You want to know why? Because they stopped being parents and started being friends, and they left God's ideal for their idol. I've met parents who, when their kids move out, they're like, "Who am I now? What do I do?" You left the ideal. With that being. S- it's always hard, don't get me wrong. Empty nest that's hard. I mean, I just had number 1 leave. I got 4 more and at first, you know, years ago I was like when they're all gone, it's just me and my wife. How great that'll be. Now I'm like this is terrible. <laughs> like No, not that part. <laughs> but like you just love being with your kids. It's so it hurts so bad. Like what leaving my kids in Dallas you, well, driving away from him, it was like, this is awful. You're leaving part of your heart there. So empty nest, yes, of course that's supposed to hurt. But it's a good hurt. It's a bittersweet hurt. But the, <laughs> the, the nest where the chicks run it, that's not so good. <laughs> I don't mean women. I mean the kids, the chicks, nest. I was talking about net. Stay with me. We're going to move on. All right. Rain and dominion. Taking rain and dominion. Okay, so he said, I want you to bring order to all these things. Man, so God creates this whole mass of creation, a universe, animals, fish, creatures. And God's like, before the fall, before Jesus comes, before anything else happens, he creates man and woman, he says, and I want you to be in charge of it. You would think this vast experience, you'd be like, no, I think you should run this. And God's like, no, I want you to take reign. I want you to take dominion over this earth. If you have a desire for your own home, for your own family, for your own kids, and to to nurture that and raise that up, that's a God desire to reign and have dominion over something. See, so you've been lied to and told to want a home and an income and a family of your own. You've been lied to, especially as I've recently told you that that's, that that's white privilege, that's somehow Christian nationalism, that's an American idea, it's imperialism, fill in the blank. No, it is a design from God, by God, back unto God to take dominion where we are. It isn't to take dominion from somebody else. It is not an American plan. This is a God design. I don't mean it's right. Does America have horrific things in its past? It does. America is not God's ideal. God is God's ideal. (laughs) But for us to want those things and walk that out, to have that reign and dominion, that's a good thing. Now, if you're like, I do, and I do. I just want 12 bedrooms and, uh, you know, seven seven parlors, and just, just a few nice things. Okay, that's too far. That's not taking dominion over what God wants for you. That's building your own kingdoms, and that's, again, out of balance. There are boundaries, and everybody's got to set their own. If God has blessed you more financially, can you have more materially? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. The danger is making sure, making sure material doesn't have you and that has nothing to do with being rich or poor that has to do with being rich or poor in here see like i'm super content with what god's blessed me with and what's funny is like we lived in wisconsin for years and well have people from wisconsin come down and they're like wow look at this house and then you live down here, and it's like, this is nothing. <laughs> this is a shack. Have you? Let me drive you to Homer Glen. <laughs> Let's drive around to Burr Ridge for a minute. I got nothing in comparison, but I'm very content and blessed. Like, this is more than enough. And we learn that we walk out this divine mandate. The family order is part of the divine mandate. Why? Because this reign and dominion brings order to chaos. And the family order is the divine mandate to prevent chaos in society. Without family, it all breaks down. And you know, 50% of all children born in the U.S. right now are born to single parent homes because the families broke down. So if you're like, well, that happened to me, take hope, take heart. God is going to do a great work, and you're not alone. as long as you don't adopt the mentality that this was God's design. Like, I'm better than. What happens in this process is we become saturated so culturally that you're gonna start to, we become biblically lost. We think, uh, this is the best design, and, and, and the way I, I can work full time and be a full time parent and this and, and go to college at the same time to get my master's, etc. And I'm just amazing. And that I can do that because I'm so and so, and I've self actualized. Like, what you really have is kids who don't know you, debt you can't pay, and an identity that's completely lost. The divine mandate. When, is to take reign and dominion within His design and framework, and when you do, you bring order to that chaos. So, like years ago, I knew I was called a full time ministry. And we're going to talk about marriage some, but I, I was I was in a job that I I made like nothing in a year. Seriously, in one year I made like ten thousand dollars. If you don't know, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> Definitely not enough to provide, and I was not doing well. And then I got an opportunity at that time. My dad called me, and he worked for them in the time for the phone company. Now, I wanted to be in full-time ministry, but that door wasn't opening at that time. But what I did know was I was married, and we needed to eat and keep a place to live. But out than that, I had, to, I had to take the reign and dominion of the things God put me over. So I remember I had to go, and we had to spike poles. That was the first week. You had to pass pole climbing school in order to do the rest of the job. And the last day, you take a test at 6, 12, and 18 feet, so you, And it's not like electricians, okay? Electricians, you got it easy. Sorry, but you do. You get these big giant foot spikes, like you fall out, like you'll just be hanging there. We get a quarter inch of steel on each foot. That's one. That's it. That you strap on. It's not in the shoe. You strap. It's all up to you. And this will hold you up. And that day, we had 60 mile an hour winds. Yes! Go ahead and take your test. Do you know what happens to... S- Wood and 60 mile an hour winds, the same thing that happens to everybody else, it moves it. <laughs> so I, I, but I was like, I gotta do this and get it done. And I remember I was the first up there and I got to 18 feet, and here's what's happening wee! And a quarter inch of steel is holding up 200 something pounds, and, and, and I am rocking and move, and then you gotta do maneuvers and you gotta move around. And, and I got down and I passed. And I just remember the feeling of accomplishment because I was doing what God told me to do for the person he put me with and to lead. This is what's got to be done. At that moment, I didn't think about the fear as much as I thought about the mandate. Do you see what I mean? Now we can take it too far too. can get out of balance where it all becomes all about work. But God has a design. And it's a it's a great design. It's actually perfect when we do it right. Brookings Institute did a study a while ago, and they said if you want to be a success in life, at least within America, here's, here's, it's really simple. They, it's a research institute if you don't know what they are. They're a research institute, and here's what they said. If you follow these three steps, number one, get a job. Write it down. It's okay if you need to <laughs> get a job. I, I should get on that. Uh, two, get married. Three, don't have kids before you're married. If you do those three things statistically, you are less likely to go to prison, be on drugs, get divorced, or end up in poverty. It drops by 70 to 80%. Sounds a lot like God's mandate, doesn't it? Just his design of the way he wants it to be. Now, does God have mercy and grace for those who did not do that route? Yes, he does. And he's a restorer and a redeemer. And what he can do with our brokenness is amazing. And we all, even when we do the right route, we got problems. But it prevents a lot of chaos, Matter of fact, I said last night Novak's had some people over for for dinner. It was a great time. But I said last night, you know, when you follow Jesus with your life and you follow His order for your life, you're not sinless, but you sin less. You you pursue Him more. You just avoid so much trouble. My parents didn't come to Jesus till later in their life. Man, my dad has stories. Cars he stole. From mafia people, you know, uh, uh, just the drugs they kind of experimented with a little bit and just different things. Why? Because you didn't know Jesus. You don't know any better. You think, well, it sounds fun. The Bible even says sin's fun for a season, but eventually it catches up with you and it brings so much chaos and pain to your life. That's what sin does. That's what stepping out outside of God's design does. It invites pain and hurt, eventually it will catch up with you. And it's not enjoyable when it does. Now, following God is not an invitation to a pain-free life. That's not what it is. But it's a lot less pain, and the pain you do experience isn't always self-inflicted, but you always have somebody with you in it. It's awesome to follow Jesus that way. Your family is designed to be a family and to take dominion together and in every area. Again, don't make it about one aspect. Your family is designed to be in church together. Say, well, Timmy, you know, he just doesn't love church. Well, I don't want to force it on him. How old is Timmy? Six. He's just figuring out who he is. No, he isn't. You tell him. You're like, Timmy, you're getting in the car, and we're going to church because you live here, and you don't pay for a thing, (laughs) right? I can't make you follow Jesus, but I can do everything I can up to making you follow Jesus because I want you to know and walk with him and have this inheritance is the best thing you can give your kids. I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes, right? We avoid pain and chaos, and that's good, it's good for you to walk in the blessing of God, and he wants you to with your family. First Chronicles 4.10, there was a man named Jabez, more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Man, that's a tough one. Like, well, you know what you did when you came out of me? All right. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all you do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. To ask God to bless you and expand your influence with the family he's given you is from him. That's a good thing. I'm not talking about you being super wealthy and, and, and stuff and your kids go to Ivy League colleges. That's great if God does that for you. But I'm talking about expanding your influence is from God, by God. And part of that is beginning to influence others and teaching your kids and your spouse and yourself it's not just about us. It's about others too. We take this dominion outside us. Your kids should see you influencing other people in a godly way because it teaches them, one, God is vitally important. Two, life isn't all about them. But three, I want to follow that model. I want to influence others for the same godly things. We lead and love our family, but the greatest families lead and love others as a family. One of the greatest joys of Planting Thrive Church is I didn't do it alone. My family did it with me. There are churches and pastors. Their kids want nothing to do with them. Their kids hate church. I I don't know what I did all right, but my kids love Jesus, and they love this church. And a lot of it is because I just said, would you come with? I don't want to. If they weren't with me, why, why are we doing this? If your kid's like, well, they get straight A's. I know these families, and they're not in this room, by the way. But I know kids, they get straight A's. They're in extracurriculars. And exteriorly, the, their parents have everything to be proud of. But their kids don't love God, don't belong in the church. And they're, they're just not that great of people. But they think their kids are amazing because of the grades and the goals. But no God. They miss the dominion part of influencing everything towards the kingdom. And then he says, he goes on to say, male and female, he created them. Just an FYI, this is God's design, not mine. If you want to take it up with me, you can, but you really got to take it up with him. He wants a man and a woman married and to have children. That is his best ideal. It's tough. It's not easy. And from there, what does that look like? Well, the first thing in a family is a marriage. That's the first thing. Now, if you're like, well, I'm a single parent, all right. Then the first thing is you being this close with Jesus and then your kid. Okay? Okay. So, and that's, man, for those of you who are single parents, you are loved and applauded in this room because I couldn't do it. I've done it here and there for a week. And uh, thankfully, at the end of it, my kids still love me. (laughs) But it wasn't always that great all the time. (laughs) Um, My wife does it better than I do when, when I have to go away. But that design of a man and a woman working together, and, and, and you'll see if you go into Genesis 3, the sin comes in, and, and, and then you have the sin of commission and the sin of omission. Eve's sin is she way overstepped, and Adam's sin is he took a back seat. He quit. And we still have the same sin today. Women have struggles with a boundary, and men have a struggles retreating and escaping. And just not being engaged as a family and they're both detrimental to family. But here's the greatest gift you can give your kids is a great marriage, and the greatest legacy you can hand them is a strong faith. You can't give your kids your faith. You can only model it and pour it into them. What they do with it is up to them, but don't let them decide at a young age. They decide. Do you let them decide how to operate a gun at 15? Some families maybe, but most don't, Now, you may take them out, but nobody says, hey, son, here's my AR-15, and why don't you just have a good time? I'll see you later. (laughs) If you do, please don't tell me about it, okay? (laughs) But most families, why? But we do that with their faith. And if you truly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and you will spend eternity with him or without him, it is unbelievable the damnation you are setting them up for don't take it lightly. Do everything you can to give your kids Jesus. Everything you can. If the doors are open, and here it's just the one day, get them there. If there's a retreat, take it. My parents were awesome that way. When the church doors were open, we were there. And sometimes when they weren't, right? I was in youth choir. How cool is that, right? Okay? I was in everything. But man, God used it to get a hold of my heart. Every youth retreat, I was on I was there. I was on it. And you know what's interesting? They never made me pay for that. So you're like, well, we don't have the money for that. Where are you guys going? Oh, we're going to Boca Raton for a vacation for 12 weeks. And my kids in travel ball. (laughs) You're just like, there's a disconnect. You're missing something here. Like pour into them everything they got. Momentum's coming up. If your kid is in sixth grade and up, pay for them to go. God will change their life. God will get a hold of them. And at least, at the very least, you can stand before God and say, I did what I could. I gave him Jesus as much as I could when I could. It doesn't got to be perfect. You just give him what you got. I like this phrase, this saying it is not your job to fill their cup, it's just your job to empty yours. It's not your job to make them follow Jesus. It's your job to pour Jesus into them. But the good marriage is also where it starts. My wife and I regularly get away together. My wife and I regularly, my parents are awesome about watching our kids. They're so great at it. Some of you don't have that. I'm sorry. But ask God for it somehow, some way. Get babysitters. You should have at least one night a month, overnight, At home or somewhere else, it's just you and your spouse, and you're like, well, we couldn't do that. Then you need help. You should have that at least one night a month. We have for years, and we won't stop. At least once a year, her and I get away together, separate from the kids on vacation. Not necessarily for a week, it might just be two or three nights, but we do. Why? Because this comes first. There are times we homeschool. And I have to office from home. You know what? Kids don't really respect your space. Has anybody found that out? Has anybody just maybe seen that? Okay. I know i got to get through this. I know i got to wrap it up soon. But here's the thing. There are times we're just like, get out. Just get. And Glory's super cute. It's easy to say, get out to Nathan. I mean, he's a good looking kid, but (laughs) it's easy to be like, get out. But Glory, she's like, "Ah, I'm Glory. And, And we're just like, get out. Go. Go. And you'd be like, how could you do that to her? Because... Because I'll be doing way more to her if this is hurting. (laughs) And it's going to hurt her way more if this isn't good. So if we need to talk, we need to get on the same page. We need to work through something. We need to pray. We need to do other things. We send the kids out. (laughs) That should be a given. All right. We're going to talk about this over the next couple weeks. I'm just going to give you the teaser, but this is next week. This is the design for the family and taking our place of authority and how we're supposed to do it. Go ahead, put it on the screen. Keep going. The roles. Dad. This is what dad does. Men, you are meant to provide, protect, and give purpose. That is your role in the home. Women are to nurture, nest, and navigate. And lastly, children, you are meant to live, learn, and carry on the legacy. Leave it up for a second. Are there exceptions to this? Yes. Are there women who can financially make more money than their husbands? Yes. Are there times mama bear comes in and she's the protector and dad isn't? Yes. So everybody (laughs) chillax. Okay. I'm not saying there's no variance or exception or nuance. I'm saying these are the defined roles we see biblically and we walk out well and best and naturally. And anywhere the enemy attempts to throw that off, and he does, and, and he's doing it in culture constantly, women, you have been shamed for wanting to stay home with your children if you ever want to. That's a lie from the pit of hell, and tell it to shut up. You are doing the greatest thing on earth, the greatest. Now, that being said, I know some of you can't, and that's okay. God will grace you in your circumstance. But notice also says navigate there. Men are not great. Men are great captains. They're terrible navigators. (laughs) Right? They're just awful. Like, here's an example. I'll meet somebody and I'll be like, that person was great, not Thrive related. (laughs) And my wife will be like, man, I got to check in my spirit about that person. I don't think that's right. She's navigating that moment like, I don't think that's right. Don't go that way. Oh no, they're great. You know what happens? I get burned and I get to have a conversation like you right, honey. <laughs> she was navigating that moment, I didn't listen. She's telling me, hey, I think we're supposed to turn left, honey. Now it's up to me if I want to turn. She's offering the advice and the wisdom. It's up to me if I want to listen. And every time I don't, guys, I'm gonna tell you something. The Bible says, Men, you are the leader in your home. Not boss. Not chauvinistic, domineering, blah, 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 just the leader. And you're like, well, my husband isn't, or I'm not really, or et cetera. However you are or are not leading is how you are leading. You're in the job, whether you like it or not. Now, that being said, Jesus led us. The Bible talks in Ephesians. We're going to talk about this in the next couple weeks. One of the things it says to husbands, love your wives, says Christ, love the church. So how did Jesus lead us? Right up Calvary and onto a cross. And gave himself up for us. That is the highest form of leadership in the home and it should come from the husband laying himself down for his family over and over and over. And kids, you're supposed to live. Live well. Learn. That's probably the hardest one. Doesn't happen a lot these days. It's discouraged. What do you want to be, Joey? Stop it. <sighs> Kids are awesome, but they're not smart. They're dumb. Kids are dumb. <laughs> we love them, but they're not, they're not like, he might not know he's so smart. What color is the stage? Red? <laughs> no, they got a lot to learn, and that's good. It's our job to shape them. It doesn't mean we don't treasure and value their individual, unique personalities. We absolutely do. We totally do but we don't treat them like they're wise sages who know the future because they don't, and they're not. And that's the mistake we've made. We always, do we lay ourselves down for our kids? Yes. Do we let them lead? No. Hey, where do you want to go? Glory, where do you want to go on vacation? McDonald's. I am not taking that advice. A lover She's insightful, but I wouldn't call her wise. (laughs) You see the difference? And they carry on the legacy of what God put in you. The last one is be fruitful and multiply. And this one can be tough. A lot of families struggle with infertility a lot of families, they just stop at one or two kids. And there's a million different reasons. And I understand. I mean, I don't in the sense that I've been through. No, I've had a different challenges. See, when we had our first two kids especially, I was scared to death. and felt extremely unqualified. Still pretty, pretty feel pretty unqualified, but what I would tell you is, And and God can fulfill that mandate in you multiple ways. Adoption is one of the holiest things you could ever do. And we have an adoption fund here. If you ever want to, you tell us and we will get behind it. Um, What I'm speaking to is not those struggling with infertility, you know, or who aren't married yet. (laughs) Um, and, And some of you, you're like, I could only have this many, you know, medically I can't understand. I'm not speaking to you. But for those of you who are like, oh, I'm going to have one or two, especially single people. I'm going to have one or two. I don't want any more. Let me ask, do you have any other reasons that are godly besides selfish reasons for that? We are not the Catholic Church. We are not going to tell you um, uh, there's no such thing as birth control. and there's No, 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 no. But children are a blessing. They are the greatest gift in the world. matter of fact, the Bible says it in Psalm children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. I I just really feel impressed. I want to speak to the men. have kids and have as many as you can handle. And you can handle more than one, most likely. I'm not, again, this is not medical. This is not, I'm not talking, uh, this is not financial, okay? But man, have kids, have as many as you can handle. Because it is the, it's just the best thing on the planet. You have no idea the love and the joy and the goodness of God that has been poured back into my life by just them living and being who they are. And I've lost a kid, so I know. I know the pain of not having and the the joy of having. They will change the earth. Have as many kids as you can within reason. Okay, if you're like, I'm moving to a baker's dozen, you know, and you're like, I'm on seven kinds of food stamps, well, let's talk. (laughs) Okay, I'm not talking beyond reason and craziness and weirdness, but man, they're so awesome. And when I laid down my own stuff and realized it's not about me and pouring into them, oh man, life gets so good. It's just the greatest joy on earth. Go for it. Do it. <laughs> Pun intended. All right, so moving on. Um, and, and I know some of you, like, that's hard because you're single or you're not married or you have had a trouble. I want to give you encouragement, hope, and God. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at encounterthrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Well, you, you still smile, I want to come running like I have other choice. Like this, abandon. Take hold of me. Won't you take me to the deep end? So long.